from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Every week during the college football season, and we'll probably transition into basketball, uh, we take the, the four ACC schools in North Carolina, and we hand out a gold, a silver, a bronze, and we name one team off the podium. And it's all based on their performance over the weekend, right? So this is not a season long. This is not cumulative. Mm-hmm. This is a new test every week. And new event. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's more like a, a Diamond League than Olympics. Okay. Right, because there's there's Diamond Leagues all the time. Um, also, and I, I didn't say this last week, but I wanted to, we, we picked four. We, we made sure we did four because I want it off the podium because not everybody gets a trophy here on the pro, uh, the drive. No. You yeah, don't live up to it. expectations, you're off the podium. Unless everybody else doesn't live up to expectations by more, then you get on the podium by default, but sometimes that's the way life works also. Someone has to finish first. Uh, so we'll go from the bottom to the top just like we normally do, mm-hmm. starting with off the podium. NC State. They're off the podium. They don't get a medal. For the second straight week, they don't get a medal. This one, I mean, the 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 defense was probably medal worthy. Offense takes them off the podium. Um, they're the the only school of the three, the the four, the other three that are up top, all one. So they're the only score of the four that lost, which which makes it an easy decision for me, uh, for us. But it's also, I still think their potential is so much higher than they're putting on the field, and and that almost makes it more frustrating. Right, that that makes it more frustrating that they're in dogfights with UConn. That makes it more frustrating that even when the defense held them in and gave the offense every possible chance to to get something going against Notre Dame, they really weren't able to. It makes it more frustrating, right? You see, there's a viral clip going around: Peyton Wilson chasing down uh, the the receiver for Notre Dame down the sideline, mm-hmm. going a million miles an hour. And he, he, I mean, it's a dead sprint for 60 yards. And then he gets there right as uh, the, the receiver's cutting back, and he plants him in the ground. And it's go- like, that is unbelievable effort. A linebacker chasing down a wide receiver, most linebackers would pull up and go, oh, man, not going to catch him. Chases him forever, plants him in the ground. And uh, you want that kind of effort rewarded, and it just hasn't been getting rewarded. Thus, Wolfpack off the podium. Still waiting on their first medal. Let's give a bronze. Bronze goes to Duke. Yeah. Bronze goes to Duke, and it says something about Duke that they could have a smashing victory and they go bronze with it. (laughs) Right? Because it's like, all right, we expected that. Um, Duke beat Lafayette by a billion. uh, And they did exactly what I asked them to do. Right? Because their week one against Clemson. You take a win any way you can get it against Clemson, right? You, you don't care if you have to block four field goals and run them back for touchdowns. You don't care if it's like you get 12 points on six safeties. You, you, you take a win any way you can get it against Clemson if you're Duke. But then because you, you kind of did that, right? Uh, Riley Leonard was depended upon a bunch as a runner. Uh, he completed only 51% of his passes. Mm-hmm. So I looked at this Lafayette game and I said, here's what I want to have happen. And you can go find it, by the way. Like I said it on this show into a microphone, so we have records of it. Um, I said, I want 
Riley Leonard to complete a re recklessly high percentage of his passes, and I want him to watch most of the second half from the sideline. He completed 100% of his passes, <laughs> and he was taken out by the halfway point in the third quarter. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Mission, like, now you may say, oh, it's just Lafayette. Exactly. It's just Lafayette. So, so take care of business the way you should and move on. Do what you're supposed to do and enjoy yourself. A top 25 team, which they are, looks like a top 25 team against Clemson, and they look like a top 25 team against Lafayette. Mm -hmm. Consistency is key. And they did just that. And oh, by the way, the uh, the backup, Belen, came in. He completed 100% of his passes. Yeah. Uh, and and finished the, the the game out correctly. That's the way you want your team to look in a game like that. Uh, there was no trap game feel. They didn't walk in sleepwalking because ooh, we beat Clemson. It was it was exactly what you wanted to see. And that's how you end up on the podium when you're playing a team like Lafayette. Silver. This is kind of like. Uh, what is it like, uh, uh, Miss America? Yeah. Where you announce the runner-up and then everybody starts cheering for the the winner. Like everybody knows, there's two there's two contestants left. It's Wake, it's UNC, it's UNC, it's Wake. Silver goes to North Carolina. Hmm. Beat App. Double overtime. Needed double overtime. No touchdown passes for Drake May. Wake had their. Or sorry. App had their success, right? This is one where App State is a worthy opponent. They've proven it the last three times they've played Carolina. But if you have the number two overall pick, if you, you have some of the talent that Carolina has, I think you I mean, you should win this game by two scores, right? No disrespect to App. Should. No disrespect to App. If you want to be – actually, I'll put it this way. If you, if you want the gold medal, mm -hmm. you better win that game by at least two scores. Yeah. Right? If, if you just want the win and you want to get out of there with a win and it's emotional and it's hard fought and it's – yeah, two overtime win. A win is a win is a win. You're still 2-0. and oh. All of your goals and hopes and dreams are still in front of you. Nothing was ruined by this game. But you're not going to get the gold medal with that kind of performance. I have an OT question for you after we go through our gold medal. I have an OT – like. Philosophy question for I'll put, you. I'll put it in the notes. Yeah. OT question. After this. Uh, gold goes to Wake. Wake beat an SEC team. I don't care if it's Vanderbilt. Uh, they beat an SEC team by two scores. Yeah. The ACC is now 4-1 and one against the SEC with all four wins by double figures. Wake Forest kept that alive. Where you at, fine bomb? <laughs> Where you at? Go ahead. I'll wait. Paul! Like, a, yeah. uh, you seen the movie Troy? Oh, yeah. Where Brad Pitt's out there. Hector! I just want to be outside some radio studio. Paul! Paul! <laughs> Paul! If you haven't seen the movie, you're very confused right now. If you have, it's a pretty spot-on impression of Brad Pitt. You're welcome. Um, I mean, it's, it's by the way, battle for the colors, right? You're both gold. Yeah. You're both black. Now now you 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 won the color war. Um, and... and Wake Forest won an S beat an SEC team by double figures. I don't want that to go like when when North Carolina beat USC beat beat South Carolina. They were gold. Why? Because they beat an SEC team by double figures. I also said this about uh, about the the Vandy Wake game last week. It is kind of like winning your slot, right? Um, Wake and Vandy are probably similar in conference standings and things like revenue, things like budget, thing, things of that nature. 
right there, uh, you know, wherever Vandy is ranked in revenue in the SEC, Wake is probably ranked at a similar position in the ACC. So going out there and, and those two teams battling against each other, it's like, you know, hey, represent your conference, go win your slot. Go win your division, whatever you want, to, your weight class. Go win it, and that's what Wake did. And and to do it kind of handily, to do it with a, a wild delay, right? The delays, we haven't even talked about the weather delays over the weekend, uh, but they were all over the ACC. What was it? Uh, Georgia Tech was in a delay for a long time. Wake got like seven plays off, and then they went into a delay for a long time. Uh, we sat through a delay at, the, the, at Carter-Finley for State-Notre Dame. There was a really long delay in Blacksburg for, for the Virginia Tech game. There's 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 delays all over the place. Uh, Wake Forest was able to, to handle theirs, and for that reason, they walk away with the gold medal. So, gold medal Wake Forest, silver medal North Carolina, bronze medal for the week Duke, off the podium, NC State. Still waiting on NC State to get on the podium. Just I didn't. I, I feel kind of mean for having pointed that out, but I pointed it out. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Outrageous. Some would describe this Tez Walker situation. It's outrageous that he's not able to play would be how some describe it. Uh, let's check in with Brian Murphy, WRAL Sports investigative reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at Murph's Turf. Uh, He's joining us now in the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Brian, thank you for, for taking the time. We'll start with just the basics. Uh, why did UNC's Board of Trustees call a, an emergency meeting today? Well, they, wa they wanted to discuss this you know, behind closed doors. They've not only engaged their in-house counsel, but now they've also hired or at least consulted with outside legal counsel about you know, what exactly they can do in this Tez Walker case to get him eligible this year. Is there anything they can do? Like, uh, I, there's a lot of ideas of playing them anyway, of suing this, suing that. From from the the information you've gathered, is there kind of an obvious maybe something that they are discussing whether to pull the trigger on and go for it or no? Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, they met for more than 90 minutes behind closed doors. Uh, the chancellor of the university was there. Athletic director Bubba Cunningham was there. Head coach Mac Brown was in there. Uh, for the entire time. So, so obviously that's pretty important if those three people are willing to, to sacrifice close to two hours of their day. Um, but I don't know if there's any easy answer. I, also, I think that also points to the fact that there's no real easy, obvious, you know, avenue here. Uh, you could sue the NCAA, but, you know, the, the football season is moving right along. We're already in week three. No guarantee that's going to move quickly. And I think um, from what I understand, you'd have to sue the university as well because it's part of the NCAA. So, I mean, the, the, it gets tricky at this point. I mean, the easiest path was obviously the NCAA overturning its decision or, or winning on appeal. 
Brian Murphy, WRL Sports Investigative Reporter, joining us here to discuss the, the Tez Walker latest in his uh, eligibility situation. When you say that they could sue or you could sue, who's they, who's you? Is this Tez Walker suing the NCAA? Is this the school? Like, who would, would be doing the suing? Yeah, I mean, I think that's unclear. I mean, Tez Walker was not in the was not in the in the hearing. I don't know if any of his representatives were, but it did not appear to me that, that there were any representatives from for Tez Walker at this hearing. Um, if the school sues the NCAA, it's really suing itself in many ways. Exactly, the, <laughs> that's what I thought. The, it's the member schools that make up the NCAA, and so I, I that's why I think it's a little complicated here. I think Tez Walker probably could sue. Uh, the NCAA for immediate eligibility and making the claim that, that this policy was put in retroactively um, after he'd already made his decision to transfer. Um, that to me seems like the cleanest way, but I don't know. And, and we've certainly seen other people sue the NCAA in the past um, over eligibility issues like this. I, I, you could, I guess you could also make an employment related argument that, that he's being deprived of the ability to, to make NIL money because he's no longer eligible um, so there are lots of avenues for Walker, I would think. I don't know what avenue is available to the school. Part of part of this meeting and the reports that came out of it, and, and you can check out Brian's writing on, on WRALsportsfan.com, uh, is that they brought in outside counsel in addition to their inside counsel. I have to imagine that, you know, UNC has pretty good lawyers. What what did they have to bring someone in from the outside that the, you know, the, the stable of lawyers that they have did, couldn't couldn't figure out? Yeah, you know they've used a lot of they've a lot of billable hours happening at, uh, at USD <laughs> over the last few years uh, with athletics and and with non-athletic stuff. Um, I imagine, and I don't know, um, is is the real answer. But I wonder if there are people more well versed in sort of NCAA um, uh, law, or or for, for lack of a better term, you know, sort of the minutia of the NCAA and the, and the avenues to its access a little bit more than their in than their in-house counsel would be. Um, but I did think it was noteworthy that, that they brought in outside counsel and, and certainly, you know, lawyer, the billable hours are undefeated in <laughs> these types of situations. Um, the, the other thing that I find interesting is, and this is a lot of the fan reaction is they're, they're seeing, you know, it feels like UNC is gearing up for something or at least thinking about it. And, and one of the, the refrains I've heard is, I hope this is the beginning of the end of the NCAA, <laughs> uh, with, with Tez, it's tough because if, you know, there's a good chance if you start a, a court proceeding now, you know, Drake May or whatever has long since gone off campus b- before it's settled up and, and this season's kind of already a wash. But the NCAA, or sorry, but in North Carolina, I guess they could think, you know, long term about some bigger changes. Do you get the feeling that maybe this is the beginning of something bigger and it might start with Tez, but but move to NCAA as a whole? You know, it, it doesn't, it, at least it doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um at this point, I mean, I guess, you know, your, your obvious hope would be to get some sort of temporary restraining order that would allow Walker to play while the case proceeds. Um, you know, that what I find amazing is the NCAA, you know, all 32 conferences on this division one council voted for this, for this new rule. Um, it was a unanimous decision. Um, the fact that it came after players had already transferred and, and is being repl- applied retroactively is the part where I think, you know, the NCAA could have simply said, this is the rule going forward. You know, anybody who's already transferred is, is allowed to play, and this is the new rule moving forward. That seems like a very obvious and, and simple solution to, to this entire problem. I saw a stat out there that 
that only 18% of, of these of athletes who have put in for these waivers have been granted one. So Walker is not alone. You would imagine there are other schools out there that, that might feel like, hey, maybe now is the time to try the NCAA. On the other hand, you know, the NCAA, I know everyone hates the NCAA, and it's fun to say let's get rid of the NCAA, <laughs> but, but the NCAA does a lot of stuff that schools don't want to do themselves, um, including stuff like this, right? You don't want – you don't want Alabama or Texas or, or name the school Appalachian state uh, to, to be able to play, you know, do funny business with eligibility. You want someone to keep them in check. And so that's why the NCAA continues to exist. I mean, every rule that's been put into place by the NCAA was, uh, was, you know, approved by the membership, but more importantly, that was, was uh, created by the membership. They drew it up. And so obviously they thought someone was gaining an advantage somewhere along the line. Um, so I don't, I, you know, it's fun for fans and, and, and maybe people in the media to talk about, like, let's get rid of the NCAA, but I don't think the schools quite feel the same way about it. You don't think, like, removing the referee and call your own fouls would go well? <laughs> I, I think it would go well for somebody. Uh, I doubt that somebody would be the University of North Carolina. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, but you know, then again, I've never seen a, a coach sort of take direct aim at the NCAA like mm-hmm. Mac Brown did. I mean, that was that was vicious and pointed and – and it's angry, and, and maybe that's because Max, you know, the, the rumor is, and I'm young, right? I'm still young. So the rumor is when you get old, you, you lose your inhibition. You, you say whatever <laughs> on your mind. Maybe Mac has just decided to, uh, at this point in his career, he can say whatever's on his mind. Uh, I, I hope so. Then, then uh, from a media perspective, much better soundbite when you're not worried about ramifications. Uh, Brian Murphy, WRL Sports investigative reporter. Check out his writing at WRLSportsFan.com. Last one before we let you go, go Brian. Um, are you surprised that that NC? I mean, you brought up Mac Mac Brown's letter and shame on you NCAA, and then all caps shame on you. Uh, in my experience with college coaches, it's always been control what you can control, move on, focus on the next game. It feels like they're it's either intentionally or or happening kind of outside of their their control. Uh, it's lingering, right? Are you surprised that they aren't moving on and controlling what they can control moving forward and, and less lingering on tests? Yeah, I mean, I have been a little surprised at how uh, public they've been with all this. I mean, typically in the past, you know, eligibility cases just kind of came and went, and, and you expressed your disappointment but moved on. I wonder if this is a symptom of where we are, you know, how how you have to be seen as going to the mat for your athletes if you want to be able to compete in the transfer portal, if you want to be able to compete with NIL. Like, like how you treat your athletes is now a bigger uh, – has a bigger plays a bigger role. In, in getting them to campus and maybe keeping them on campus. And so it does seem like Carolina has, has really gone to the mat for Tez Walker in a way that um, maybe other schools haven't, or maybe five years ago, you know, North Carolina wouldn't have. Uh, that could be a couple things, right? It could be that they just feel that strongly about this case that, that he's really getting hosed, or it could be, you know, the NCAA is at its weakest point that it's ever been. And they feel like now's a good time to, to challenge it. Or third, that possibility that I laid out, that this is the new way you've got to, to show student-athletes you care about them. Brian, we appreciate you as always, and, and we'll keep following along at, uh, at WRL. All right, thanks a lot, Tim. I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one help a lot of students need. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu.